Let's go. That's right, baby. And my bitch called talking about some drama. Saying it ain't no time for women or the comma. It's either bleep or the comma. Man, I just want to go flex. Let's go, baby. The, the coats are flexing right now. I mean, I listen, I know I know times are tough. I know times are tough. World news is definitely sad right now. And it's it's hard to get excited about sports, you know, just with the uh, overwhelming amounts of uh, just worry. I think everybody has for what's going on in Europe. Certainly don't don't need to get into that here. Everybody has their own opinions and their own thoughts and. And you don't need to listen to a podcast to formulate your own opinions or concerns, thoughts, or whatever. But I will just put this out there. I would like to see a race to Mars. If things got bad enough where it was like the U.S. needs to step in and, you know, these are U.S. and Russia always been the number one, two dogs in the world, right? It's always been, and that's basically what this is, right? Like, they, like Russia's just... Taking over a country that's not a part of NATO, which we know NATO is basically just a U.S. run organization. Like we're, we're the top dog, right? Maybe that's, you know, a little ignorant of me to say. Certainly could be. But if we could somehow twist it, if, the, if things got that heated between the United States and Russia, my stance on, on the war is just let's just race to Mars. Worked the last time. First one, to, first one wins. Wins the war. Let's just call it that. Uh, and I like our chances. I'm just saying. I like our chances. Mostly because we won the last time around. But that's my stance. Okay. Seriously, though. Thoughts and, thoughts and prayers for all the folks in the Ukraine. Uh, all right. All right. All right. That's it. That's it. Last thing I'll say on that. Uh, the Coats last night. It was. It was. It was the Coats last night. Not often do we get to see this team come out. But when they come out, holy sh... I mean, I'm just... I'm just... I feel amazing right now. I feel amazing right now. I didn't think... I. You guys heard me on the podcast yesterday. I did not believe that the Jackets would have a realistic opportunity to win that game. I just didn't. I was like, Florida, you know, they can score a lot of goals. They're extremely good at home. Uh, they're just a tough team to keep, to keep up with. And frankly, they just completely smoked the jackets the last two games that they had played against them and it's professional sports. So, you know, it wasn't totally unlikely that the jackets were to snip them in the butt, but it was the way that they did it last night. Right, man. It's the way that they did it last night. And obviously you go down one, nothing in any game that that's not going to, that's not going to throw the jackets off. I thought what would throw the jackets off is when they were up three to one, gave up the goal to make it three to two, where it was just a pizza left in the middle for Barkov and he just uh, buried it. Was it Barkov or Huberdo? I get those guys mixed up so often. I don't remember who it was. Um, but Gene, 
Gene uh, Francois Barube, aka the Chief, who's now three and zero. The Chief is three and zero. Tell me what's more Chief-like behavior than coming up from the AHL and ripping off three straight victories? He's my guy right now. He is absolutely my guy right now. Um, I don't know who's going to start tonight. I mean, we got an, another game to look forward to. Uh, it can't be Barube, right? He can't play four straight games and on a back-to-back. And I don't know if Elvis is good to go. And then I guess it's just it's just Jet. We're just putting the Jet in. I'm okay with that. Let's see. Let's roll the freaking dice. Let's see what's happening right now with this team. Everything's firing. Everybody's buzzing. Everybody's feeling good. Offensively, this team is looking like the best it's it's seriously ever looked like as a Jackets franchise. As a as a franchise, this is the best offensive performance we've ever seen out of the Blue Jackets. And it starts with one man. It starts with Patrick Line. He got the first goal to get things going last night. He's got 13 goals in 10 games. Pay Patrick Line all the money that we have in the bank, in the reserve. Keep this guy around forever. He's electric out there, man. He's just he's just electric. And huge credit goes to uh, Jake Voracek, who always seems to be on the other end of line A goals, giving him the assist. Voracek has been a complete game changer for this offense. He has completely flipped around everything that we're able to do, and it's working. It's working right now. And and it's so it's so hard to look at the standings right now because Boston just they they just don't let that gap close at all. They don't let that gap close at all. And I thought maybe Seattle would pull it out of their butts last night and get a dub over Boston and you know maybe that would be a huge victorious night for the Jackets, right? Like you got two points back on the team that you're chasing for that wild card spot and no, the the Bruins were still able to get it done in overtime, um, but I, nothing to fear. Bruins are still on. They're still on the road here. They still got a, a Western Conference trip that they're on. I think tonight, or maybe they're not playing a back to back. No, tomorrow night they're playing the Sharks, and I'd like to see the Sharks get feisty, man. I'd like to see one of these teams step up and beat the Bruins because the Bruins have rattled off three straight victories, and they're about to get Brad Marchand back. And we know the kind of game record that he can be for him. So I'm a little nervous about that. I'm not, I'm going to be completely honest there. However, I'm focused on this Jackets team, what's going on right now. And as long as they keep handling their business, I'm, I'm just going to hope and pray that the standings work themselves out and that somehow this Jackets team can make the playoffs again. And I'm okay. I'm okay making the playoffs again. I'm okay being an eighth seed in the playoffs. You know why? Because those four days that you're guaranteed to get, those four days, playoff game days nothing hits better than that in the spring it really doesn't it really doesn't for me that's top notch and and if you can get a couple wins and extend that a little bit and maybe even get into the second round somehow and pull off some crazy upset in the first round that's all I really give a damn about man I mean you see Twitter profiles out there that you know keep track of Blue Jackets playoff victories like they put they put little stars um, on their little like logos, just like crew, just like crew fans do for their crew logos when they win MLS cups, when they win actual championships. No, you don't. You you don't put stars on for playoff wins, but that's what Blue Jackets fans do because that's just how much playoff wins means to Blue Jackets fans. And it's absolutely true. I could tell you every game that happened 
in that in that first series against the Bolts. And then I can tell you everything that happened in that first series against the Leafs. And I don't even know if that should even count as a playoff series win because it took place in the bubble. And we all know that nothing in the bubble counted. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I digress from that. Let's go. Let's go get the Canes. Let's go get the Canes this weekend. Uh, or tonight, rather. Canes are coming in. And they're certainly a very similar team than what the Jackets have than what the Jackets have just faced. They just knocked off the Atlantic Division leaders, and now they're playing the Metropolitan Division leaders. And the Metropolitan Division leaders are coming in winning three in a row and uh, 35-11-4 record. This is seriously a monster that you uh, really you don't feel great about going up against. We know what they have. They have Sebastian Ajo, Andrei Shvechnikov, um, and then, you know, Tevu, Teravainen, their front three are just completely dominant. And then they supplement it with another good uh, center in Vincent Trocek, who leads the way on a line with Nino Niederreiter and uh, uh, Jordan Martinuk. Um, no, Jordan Martinuk. Nah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not a guy that we need to be worried about. Uh, but, you know, an interesting thing about the Carolina Hurricanes is their situation that they have on defense because they lost Dougie Hamilton to the devils. And Dougie Hamilton was definitely their a one guy. He was there. He was there. Um, Seth Jones, if you will. And they lost him in free agency to the devils. And I think for guys for, you know, Carolina hurricanes fans, they looked at this year as we just lost our number one defenseman. How are we going to be as a team? What's this se- what's this season going to look like without having him out there on the ice, missing that hole? Obviously, we're still loaded on the front side of things and offensively, but when you lose your big-time anchor, that's that's worrisome. And then the Canes did something kind of controversial, and they signed Tony D'Angelo at the beginning of the season. And Tony D'Angelo, hockey fans know this, is a troublemaker because of his time spent with the New York Rangers very specifically. Uh, He was very politically active on Twitter. And, you know, for the right or wrong reason, I'll let everyone else be the judge of that. That still rubs some people the wrong way. And he was a turd in the locker room a little bit. I think he was uh, fighting with uh, Alexander Yorgiev, the goalie. And I think he had a bad... Like, you never want to be on your goalie's wrong side, especially as a defenseman. And he definitely rubbed some people the wrong way. It was just a major, major issue in the locker room. Uh, And all reports said that. There was not one person that was up defending him. And then they just cut him. So the Rangers just let him go. And then he was picked up by Carolina. And, of course, people wanted to cancel Carolina because they had picked up a guy that uh, voiced his political actions and was a little bit of a turd. Well, he's been pretty damn good for... uh, the Canes. He's got 40 points in 43 games, nine goals, 31 apples. He's third in scoring for the Carolina Hurricanes on a loaded team, and he's definitely found a home. and And he's kept quiet, right? Like, just, just don't, don't be politically active on Twitter. There's just, there's just no reason for that. People don't really look to athletes to. Yes, you're you're allowed to have your opinion, absolutely. And if you feel if you feel like the issue involves you personally, then please speak up. But for the most part, 
people don't look to athletes for their political opinions. And Tony D'Angelo shared a little bit too much, <laughs> to say the least. But he's kept that quiet. He's kept that down. He's just, you know, I think he looked at this as really his one of his last opportunities to do something in the league. And he's made use of it. And good for him. Uh, and whether you like him or not, that's again, that's completely up to you. Uh, some other guys that they have, they also have Ethan Bear. That was another guy they picked up from Edmonton. Uh, he's he's fun. He's a fun guy because of his, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess it's not Native American because he's from Canada. But his, uh, I guess his native descent, I remember he did something kind of cool a couple of years ago, or maybe it was last year, where he wore a jersey and his last name is Bear, but it was written out in his um, native language, if you will. And it looked really cool. And I remember that sold a lot of jerseys. And he's just got a cool last name. I mean, Ethan Bear's just a fantastic last name. So, anyway, Carolina Hurricanes have, have definitely built themselves up to be a complete wagon. They're leading the toughest division in hockey. And I'm, I'm, I should be worried. I should be worried about tonight. But for some reason, I just feel so good. Uh, not for some reason, obviously, for a major reason. The Jackets won last night. Six to three. Uh, they they handled Florida when Florida made that push to make it three to two, and, and the barn last night was 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 wild. I thought I I know John Buchigross who I did, he did a fantastic job on the call. I forget who was the who was the woman that was the analyst. She also did a fantastic job. I really really liked listening to that crew. I mean I and and John Booch Booch. He wears the Blue Jackets hat. The The Jackets have very few members in the media that wear their hat, and Booch is certainly a guy that throws on the Blue Jackets hat every now and then because he's from Ohio. I think it was I think it was Hillary Knight who was on the uh, analyst call, by the way. Uh, fantastic job out of her. Yeah, I just really enjoyed the crew. I didn't I couldn't listen to the most of the game with the volume up because I was running. I was actually working, and then I got home, and one of my good friends got a dog, so we FaceTimed her forever, and, well, they're not going to keep the dog, I don't think. I'm going to try to convince them to keep the dog, but I just don't think because of certain circumstances it'll be necessarily their choice. But anyway, on the call last night, I I love Booch. Booch did a phenomenal job. Uh, He... I love this thing that broadcasters do when you know that a guy wears your hat or you think that a guy wears your team's hat and he's kind of flirting with definitely wearing the other team's hat. And you know, it's because that's the team people want to be watching, right? Like it's not like people nationwide tuned into the ESPN Hulu broadcast because they wanted to watch the blue jackets. No, they wanted to watch the Florida Panthers get their home game, um, get their uh, get their high-powered offense, scoring goals. That's what they wanted to see, right? And the over-under was set at 7.5 with two backup goalies in the net. I mean, two third-option goalies, at least third-option goalies in the net for both teams in Johansson and Brube. And the over certainly it. It wasn't looking good. It wasn't looking good. It was 2-1 to one at the end of two periods. And you still probably thought in your head, no way this thing gets to gets to seven even more. And it, it certainly did. And now the over-under is set for six and a half tonight. I'm going to do my due diligence and I'm going to bet the over six and a half. And I didn't even have to wait 
for the Jackets to win their two games for me to put a little five a little five spot on the future to win 5k that's a pretty sweet deal if you ask me and I don't even know if if this win tonight will mean anything for the Jackets or in, and for their line changes I think mostly it still is looking pretty tough like that nine points that you need to grab back from Boston is is pretty brutal I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest but it can happen. I'm not going to say it's going to. I'm just saying I'm going to choose to believe that it can. And why not? Why not us? You know? So anyway, let's go through that game last night a little bit more. Just the first couple periods, at least, I thought were very interesting because six minutes and 52 seconds without a whistle to start, by the way, that was pretty incredible. And I didn't, you almost don't even notice that that's going on. And it's kind of nice when that does go on, you know, just constant flow of play. Uh, and I know the commercial people probably hate it because they get to their uh, break so late, but I, the broadcasters themselves probably love it because the game goes by a little bit quicker. Um, so I love that, you know, six minutes, 52 seconds without a whistle, nothing major really happened. Uh, and then coming out of that, Barkov made an incredible pass to Mackenzie Weger for that first goal. Must be nice. Must be nice getting past two. That was a shot at my C-League team. <laughs> Not that if I got past you, I'd be able to do anything with it or not that I even pass the puck a little bit more. But that was one thing I left my C-League. I'm I'm starting to make the full-time transition to C-League. I, I, I've been thinking maybe I should stop being a garbage can and, and being that guy that's good enough to play in C-League but still playing D-League and just wrecking shit. I mean, I do feel like Connor McDavid when I'm in D-League. It's awesome. It's awesome. But uh, that's probably a sign that I should be moving up. I've been playing more on my C-League team, and I'm I'm probably like, I'm like the, like, Alexander Texier of C-League. Like, I, I definitely have some good games, but I also could just completely disappear for months at a time. And, of course, Texier has disappeared now because he's injured, but, you know, great transition out of me here coming. Wow, there were trade talks. There was a little buzz going on about Texier. Are the Jackets going to move him? And that got people fired up because he is having a career year this year. He's having the best year that he's had in his short tenure with the Jackets since we've drafted him. And listen, here are my thoughts on it. If you can get a first-round pick and a player for Texier, that's an absolute win. If you can get just a first-round pick for Texier, that's a push. That's a push, okay? Because I think he was starting to add first-round value talent to your team this year. And if he can continue to do that, then obviously it would almost be very upsetting to lose him. But, again, this is still a team that is focusing on a rebuild, focusing on the future. Can we get a first-round draft pick to hopefully bolster the prospect list that we have coming up and increasing the Jackets' chances of eventually landing on a guy that can be here full-time or multiple guys that can be here full-time. Because so far out of Sillinger and Chinikov, I don't quite know if either of those guys can be full-time guys. I would probably say Sillinger's upside is just the fact that he plays center and he, and he does a great job at playing center and he plays with tenacity and he has a smart hockey IQ and always knows how to be in the right position, which is why he does get goals. Um, and then Chinikov's upside is his shot. He's got an incredible shot. Uh, 
very similar to line A's and with just how much speed his wrist shot has. I don't think he has the accuracy that line A has, otherwise he'd be putting up line A numbers. But he's definitely got something there, and there's definitely something there for sure with Chinikov. I uh, just really haven't seen it come to full fruition yet, and it's early, right? The guy's, you know, what, 19 years old? So still a lot of time for him left on the table. We only drafted him just, you know, two drafts ago, so it's not like it's pressing that he needs to do something now. I'd like to see him do something now, but it's not urgent time for him. So, uh, but yeah, if you could get something for Texier that it resembles a first-round draft pick, I'd be completely okay with that. I don't think it makes... I don't think the Jackets need to move him. I just... I, Yarmo's just addicted to moving players. He's just addicted to trades. And Corpy's trade value has certainly decreased because he hasn't been playing. And when he was playing, it's not like he was playing all that great. So his trade value has gone down. And that was definitely a guy that you thought that the Jackets would move. And now it's looking like they're not going to. So... We'll keep our pulse on that, but um, nonetheless. Oh, also, uh, let's just let me just finish up this game here real quick. Um, yeah, I I also loved how Bucci Gross was pointing out the crowd wasn't that great. He said that at the very beginning of the broadcast. I did notice that, but on whose scale though? From what I could tell, that that was a pretty like pretty solid Florida crowd. It looks like you know there is actually fans there. You know what I mean? Like I'm saying, the times were so desperate at Florida Panthers games that just having 50% capacity is a huge dub. And then it seemed like they had at least that last night and the Florida fans definitely were, were definitely groaning and were definitely pissed off when the jackets were scoring goals and, and won that. And that's a feeling that I said on yesterday's podcast. I just want dubs. I just want to be able to teabag Panthers fans. That's all I want. And the jackets certainly provided that. So I, I don't, I don't, I know on like, everybody else's scale that wasn't a great crowd for the Panthers but for the Panthers that was a great crowd for the Panthers especially on a on a Thursday night are you kidding me uh and then yes I just I also wanted to point out I just love watching Chief and that I just love watching Barube play that kick save that he had on Vetrano I think in the first period was just was just awesome it was just really awesome and it keeps me warm inside knowing that He's a guy that shouldn't be here and everything that he's playing on his house money and he keeps earning. I hope he just can, continues to earn respect from this room. And yeah, as long as chief wants to be a story with the blue jackets, I'm okay with that. I'm going to remember this three game stretch as the chief stretch. And hopefully it extends and lasts a lot longer than that because it has so far been incredibly electric. It's been a really fun ride so far with chief and that. Also needed to give this guy a shout-out. Jeff Shibota tweeted this, that Boone Jenner now all now third all-time for Jackets goals. That's pretty neat. He's behind Cam and Rick Nash. He just passed Nick Foligno at 143 goals. Let's, let's fucking go, dude. Like, like I, I don't know. That That's that's a stat that just gets me pumped up, man. I, I can't help but just be in love with this team right now and I can't help but bet on this team right now these next two games Carolina and Pittsburgh you know we could come at the other side of these two games losing both of them and be right back down to reality right or we could win these two games and be on the other side of this thing and and, and really be buzzing and the Jackets who have won four in a row have a chance to win five in a row tonight against Carolina 
they're gonna be they're gonna be catching some noise. They're gonna be catching some noise if they keep getting these dubs. And yeah, I'm just I'm living in the moment right now. I'm gonna continue to live in the moment. I want dubs. I don't want draft picks. Also, going on this weekend, gotta talk about this because it's going on in the hockey world. The stadium series is going on in Nashville. And uh Nashville has played in a outdoor game before obviously they played in the one in Dallas in the Cotton Bowl which was beautiful by the way I thought in my opinion like I was like sights and sounds just great Cotton Bowl of course classic this one going on at 7 30 at night uh I'm excited for the jersey matchup I know the Predators have a pretty stupid looking one but the Bolts one will look fantastic both teams are going to be uh out there look I think this will be a more interesting game it's a more intriguing game to me personally than the Blues wild one just because this is in a taking place in Tennessee which is you know a southern state if you will and it's going to be an outdoor game it's going to be interesting I'm going to be I'm going to be kind of locked into this thing on on Saturday night at 7 30 and yeah that should be a lot of fun but other than that, everybody have a fantastic weekend. Let's come back. Let's be let's be roaring. If the Jackets win tonight, I'm gonna do an emergency episode. I'm gonna grab my podcast gear. I'm gonna go over to Tommy's, and we're gonna do an emergency episode together. And yeah, it's gonna be crazy. So let's get after it. Everyone have a good one, and uh, go tell your dog about the podcast. Tell tell your dog. <laughs>